Hi everybody and welcome back to, um, I would say a special edition of B2B Nav, but there's nothing that special about the story we're about to tell you. Um, why are we doing this podcast today? Um, podcast sometimes I think can be a little bit salesy, preachy, narcissistic and maybe sharing only the good things that happen in, in life. Um, so this one is going to be uh, well, quite, this one will be different, quite, quite different to that. Um, so we're trying to be as transparent and honest here about a pretty bad experience we've had in the last week in our own business. And I hope through using this podcast or this video or the social media amplification of it as a, as a format, we can prevent kind of our contacts, our clients and other hardworking business owners suffering the same the same fate we, we did. So um, it's going to involve the naughty F word, yeah. fraud. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the only, the only introduction I can give this is it's been a pretty truly horrific experience. Thankfully, it's not an internal fraud we're discussing here at our business. I think that when you've been betrayed by somebody internally, that's, that's even even worse. even worse, arguably. Um, but uh, we were the recipient of um, what I now, having done an awful lot of reading, is known as authorised push payment scams ah, right. or um, authorised payment fraud, effectively. And we can we can loop back into that later. Very but painfully well executed and well thought. Out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think. Um, if you're somebody like myself, I, I imagine most people sat in this room, including yourself, John, and, and others at home and, and listeners. If, if you're one of those people that sort of thinks, uh, what kind of idiot falls for this thing? Or that'll never happen to me. Or it's one of those stories you read about in the press, maybe. Um, and you think, what a mug. Um, clearly, that's not the bank. Why would you give that information away? Um, I just want to maybe paint the picture a little bit today of how slick the operation was, not only from the language, the content, the timing of the call. I guess the knowledge. The knowledge and everything. So this is going to be a bit of a warts and all approach to what's happened to us. Um, and at this point, it's unresolved, is, is one thing that's worth worth saying. Um, but I dread to think that one of our clients or contacts suffered, yeah, suffered a similar thing in the meantime. Thing, yeah. So all started on Friday, didn't it? Yeah. So Should we do a bit of Jack and Ori? Jack and Ori. So if you take your mind back to Friday afternoon, I would say it was about four. 4 p.m. ish. So, so we're, we're out to go into a meeting, we're kind of yeah. winding down for the week, we're kind of just sorting out some work for a client that we've got to deal with in the week, the oncoming week. Yep. We all sit down, ready to go, Matt gets a call. It was your typical busy Friday afternoon, is what I would describe. So I'm sure anybody who works in an agency or any business, but particularly agencies on Fridays when you're trying to wrap things up, clear mm -hmm. things up for the weekend, get things across to clients. Um, 4 p.m. on a Friday is normally a pretty manic kind of path of least resistance. Yeah, isn't yeah it? it definitely is. So we get this inbound call. And I think it's worth saying at this point, from HSBCs, I'm going to name the bank, um, and it's not through calling the bank, I think it's important to know and give some context to the story. So H HSBC's number rang us, it's yeah. the first thing that's worth knowing. So the inbound call came from the official HSBC number you will find when they contact you and stated at the top of the bank statements. Um, I think it's 03457 because I've rang it quite yeah, a lot it recently. I mean, an inbound call from an, a, an English gentleman um, called Greg, um, and he said he was ringing from the HSBC fraud team. Yeah. And this isn't particularly unusual. We, we get this, I think, since we've been banking with HSBC in the last couple of years, we've had six or seven, having checked my phone over now, incidents where we've been contacted from HSBC to say that they've noted, like your only personal yeah. bank account, I'm sure you've had any personal account. An unusual account. transaction. Unusual transactions gone through. 
um, and they want to discuss that transaction with you. And it's worth also stating, before you get the call, you get a text from HSBC with the stipulation of the transaction on there and a reference number that they're going to quote when they ring you. Yeah. So the text message came through before the call, which I didn't actually know at the time when I took the call because I, I was in meetings mobile. to my mobile number. So Greg gets on the phone from HSBC um, and explains the situation that their payment had been made from our UK sterling account for the value of £4,200 to a, and I can't remember the exact name, I wish I could. Um, wow. It was something Khan. Like, oh, that one? I want to say, yeah, I want to say like Amir Khan, but it wasn't Amir Khan, it was something Khan, uh, but something sounding like that. 4,200 payments or something Khan. Um, did, did I recognise the transaction to start with was how the dialogue starts. And to be clear, that's pretty much how the dialogue starts yeah. with HSBC. And having replayed this conversation so many times in my mind since this happened, they typically probably would clear security as the first piece of the dialogue, yeah. but then he cleared security after I denied knowledge of the transaction. Mm -hmm. So when they clear security with you, typically they're asking you your uh, business, and think about the information they're asking for here as well. Your business postcode, can you confirm yeah. it? Your relationship manager, can yeah. you confirm it? So they could have an empty blank piece of paper in front of them here, I guess. Um, what else did they ask for? Uh, did we have an overdraft facility on the account? To which our answer is no. So I guess, that, but these are, these are the standard questions that HSBC yeah. ask when they ring you. So I went through that. I said, great, perfect. Um, you, you're through security, whatever it was. Um, do you recognize the transaction? No, we don't. Um, but I don't make all the payments here. And if anything, we don't make many of the payments now. So immediately yeah. darted upstairs to the finance team to check with um, the two guys that work in the finance team here as to whether they made a payment to something calm that maybe I wasn't aware of. Maybe it was a supplier. could have been anybody yeah. you know, that, that maybe I'm not familiar, that familiar with. They didn't recognize the transaction either. So at that point, we said, yep, good, good, good to flag it. Thanks very much for the good call. Start. Thank you. Um, what do we need to do next to kind of... Um, make sure it, okay. one, one, one it doesn't get paid yeah. and two nothing else goes out I suppose is the point um, and with and with that uh, very helpful Greg very very helpful um, offered to um, suggested that we needed to kind of one lock down the account to make sure nothing else could go out and secondly um, that we were best to reset the users yeah. and that was how it was kind of left the dialogue with myself because I had to go into a meeting at this point yeah. so then I passed the phone across to one of the guys in the finance team who I'd just like to state at this point is completely blameless for this. Um, it was so slick and so convincing. Um, and if I'd not handed the phone across and wasn't going into a meeting, I'm pretty sure I'd be doing the same podcast here to you now, but it'd be me that, you, me, me yeah, that, direct. that direct did the did, 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 did doing, so to speak. Um, so, uh, pass the phone across to my colleague, go into a meeting. We were in that meeting for what, half an hour, do you think? Half an hour, three quarters. Half an hour, discussing various half different future. things on one of our client accounts um, and making some plans for the next week's activity. And uh, cut a long story short, as I leave the room, um, I noticed the, the same colleague still on the phone. So I was like, oh, what's going on here? Um, and it's probably worth saying at this point as well, did we doubt the authenticity of the call? I think there was a bit of a funny feeling yeah. about the call. Not enough to make us do anything about it, other than we checked the inbound number to make sure that was HSBC's number mm -hmm. and things like that. Well, given everything else at the, to this point had gone exactly the same. So I said, how, how are you still on the phone? Like, So at this point, he says, oh, thanks for your help. Oh, I should stipulate in between, to get the order of events correct, that whilst my colleague's on the call, 
the the fraudulent caller is making an appointment for me at, at HSBC in Altrincham to pop in at 10.30 so on the Monday, like building, on the building the story, building the narrative and taking you down their, their lovely path. So I've got an appointment with Thomas Sterling was the name that was mentioned. So if anybody hears that name mentioned at 10.30 at HSBC in Altrincham on the Monday to make sure everything was back up and running and fine yeah. for us, which obviously was a completely fictitious appointment, but we didn't know that at this point. So I queried to my colleague, well, how, how are you still on the phone? What, what's going on? Um, at which point he says, oh, thanks for your help, and hangs up. So I was like, how, what, what, what took so long? Then I didn't expect it to take that long. So I was almost apologetic to the colleague for handing him a call. Yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought it'd be a couple of minutes. Um, at which point my mobile starts ringing in my pocket, virtually seamless as the phone goes down. If you could have write a movie script, it would have been perfectly executed. So I pick up the phone, Matt Smith speaking, and I'm greeted with, hi, it's such and such a name, um, and I can't remember because there's no way I could pronounce it, from HSBC fraud team. So I said, all right, okay. I said, well, we've just been speaking to you. At which point he said, no, you've not. And at that point, uh, it felt like the uh, the bottom had fell out of the earth for me or whatever the phrase is. It was a sickening, knowing feeling, I guess, that the... Something's happened. And I was kicking myself continually from that point on until now. Because you had an inkling, but not enough to act on it. So what do you think? Because I suppose these are the things now. Yeah. You go in hindsight, you look back and you go, well, what would I... Because I remember the one thing you said to me consistently mm. in, in, since Friday was, I knew. I knew in my head. I knew. I knew, I knew something was wrong. What were the things? What was it getting the spider sense going? Because I suppose those are the things that... The guy, the guy, the guy was a bit um, incompetent is one way of looking at it. Yeah. So in the sense of the fact he was obviously following a, a script, but he kept using like the, the, the using language along the lines of, whatever you do, don't give us your PIN, because that would mean you fail security. Whatever you do, don't tell us your password, that would mean you fail security. So you, it was always, oh, they're on your side, they're, they're helping you. The key thing for me was that on that Friday afternoon, and having done some research since my brother works Sparkly's, He's very familiar with similar situations, spoken to uh, legal representatives, friends, colleagues, contacts. They ring you at 4 p.m. on that Friday knowing you're, you're busy. Yeah. Also knowing the fact they, if they can get some transactions out of you and through. You've got the weekend to let them just... Well, you you can't contact HSBC very easily. I mean, you can't contact any bank that easily, yeah. particularly if they've got an offshore administrative function. So that's a good point. So in terms of Greg calls in, mm -hmm. I remember on Monday we were chatting about this. Yep. HSBC, and I don't know if it's true for yeah. every yeah. corporate banking yeah. operation, but they've offshored. Well, HSBC, certainly with that international profile, um, everybody I've spoke to, with the exception of our relationship manager based here in Manchester, yeah. um, who has been Greg. exceptionally helpful, and Greg, whoever you are, um, has been... It's offshored. Offshored. So I'm assuming possible. the Bangalore call centre type. So is that yeah. kind of, that's probably, if you yeah. go through all the kind of immediate... Yeah, if an English person rings you who isn't your relationship manager or somebody you know... That's immediately a... Flag. Yeah. A flag. And I think there's also, you know, kind of get them to ring you back. Well, the, 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 the bank have given have give advice since. So they, they've got like a, a take five, stop and think model is what they say you should follow. Um which a lot of this is very basic, and I imagine everybody, anybody listening to this will go, well, I wouldn't do that. But at four, trust me. But just, at trust me. It, it on was... a Friday when you've got... So never disclose security details such as your PIN or full banking password. We didn't, and we didn't. That's the first thing to say. So, okay. So we're still not to the bottom of how they've done this, by the way, but we didn't do either of those. Don't assume an email, text, or phone call is authentic. Well, it came from HSBC's number and HSBC's... Um, 
text stream. So they've spoofed both of those. Yeah, which apparently is just called phone phone number or text message spoofing. So you can do it very easily, apparently. Yeah, but I think you can do it. I think you've not done it, but I think you can do it online. <laughs> not that you've done it, yeah. Greg? I, I believe. <laughs> Greg? <laughs> alleg- allegedly, you can, you know, you can go online via the website and just spoof a text out to people. Fine. So, so that doesn't really help, but it's the right advice, don't assume. No. Um, don't be rushed. A genuine organisation won't mind waiting. This guy was incredibly patient. Yeah. On the phone for a good hour, I would say, to, to us. So he wasn't, yeah, wasn't there's no rush in his. I don't know if we mentioned it, but it was quite a profitable hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that because what's and all, we'll tell everybody. Listen to your instincts is the big one. You know if something doesn't feel right. And I think it that's... Isn't, yeah. But it, it wasn't enough... But if you had more time, would you have acted differently? Because we were rushing around and we were but busy. But where's the tipping point there, then? No, I don't know. That's what I mean. So in the sense of, I suppose, really, when the spidey senses started tingling, that something might not have been wrong, and we checked that number, the inbound call number, to see if it was HSBC, at that point, maybe we should have pulled the plug on it. But it was the right but number. But then, I suppose, thinking through now, going through the experiences you've told me, yeah. I'm playing it through as well, if you then say, okay, well, can you give me a number yeah. that... I can call you back on. Yep. Now, the first thing you're going to get is mm-hmm. they may have a very slick operation of recorded the IVR that HSBC has. Potentially. But from what you've told me, mm-hmm. I would imagine if you get through back through to that person within an, an hour, hour, it's not HSBC. No, so in the sense of if you've got doubts on it and they're querying transactions or you need to speak to the bank on a regular basis, this concept of don't worry, ask to call them back and call them back turns into eating into your... You could lose your entire day to it. I've lost. Yeah. I've lost all weekend to it. And at four o'clock in the afternoon, the last thing you want to risk yeah. is whatever figure it might be. Exactly, and I think to put it into context as well, since the incident, I've been on the phone to HSBC for seventeen hours, including eight times being cut off. And of those seventeen hours, and, I, and I'm genuinely not exaggerating here because I've checked call logs when I was chatting to you about it the other day. Because I was trying to get all the facts down for the bank for what they needed to speak to me. I think I've been on the on the phone for an hour and a half. That's how long I've been sat on hold, listening to hold music on my weekend with my AirPods in, with my children, with my family, and getting cut off continually. Yeah. And you saw it the other day, I was, on, yeah. I was on hold for 50 minutes, and then it just went and dead. Lost and and, that, and that, that isn't a reason not to ring the bank back, but it's certainly, maybe, maybe this is what the fraudsters are playing on. You know, they know your apathy towards ringing the bank back, they know it's a Friday afternoon, they know you're busy. They must know the system, I mean, and, and it, saying and it's know slick, the system. And it's slick. So they're just, they're playing on everyone's fears, aren't they? And the final thing for the bank was stay in control, so don't panic and make a decision you regret. At no point did we panic until we got the phone call telling us we weren't speaking to HSBC yeah. by the HSBC fraud team. And I think, you know, they, I've laughed about it since, as I say, that the call from the HSBC fraud team, the official one, was probably less authentic than the other one. Yeah. Um, so it's a crazy environment to be in. Um, and I now understand how easily you could be duped yeah. by this. Um, so to, be, to put it into context, um, they they managed to take £35,000 from our bank account. And um, that's in the matter of that half hour yep. and one. Yep. Which, subsequent transaction which I think for many Monday. for many small business owners or only managed businesses could close you yeah. if you don't get it back and we'll come on to that I think because it's worth stressing these points I don't care how long this podcast takes um, you are certainly not guaranteed to get that money back and to have and you, fr- and you need to know what to do to have free cash of this sat around for a lot of businesses would be business critical and I don't mean that in a braggy sense from us we, we have more free cash than that because we've been trading for 30 years but 
going back a few years, we wouldn't we wouldn't yeah. necessarily still, have. You know, even at that point, even when it's something that you could absolve. Oh, we certainly don't want to. It hurts. Christ, you don't want to. I've never from felt... a pride, from a oh, personal level. You know me. I've never felt a sick in my life. When you see me coming in the boardroom, I lie on my back on the floor and virtually go like, "Oh my god." And then you think about what the impact it could have could have yeah. moving forward in terms of improvement, you know, growth. And also at this point, bearing in mind, you're completely locked out of your bank account. Yeah. So you can't make any payments. You, you have no visibility. And being a control freak as I am in every other area, not having visibility of that bank scared the living daylights out of me. Yeah. And then to get through to speak to anybody about it, you're on hold. You're going through that cycle again. So the steps we made were we spoke to the fraud team, we reported the scam. I immediately rang our relationship manager to make sure the last call I'd been on was, was genuine, was genuine cause I had no idea and was reluctant to give any information to anybody at this point from this point yeah. onwards. So for me, um, our relationship manager was the only guy who I knew whose mobile number when I rang it, he'd pick voice. up and I know his voice and it was a scary situation to be in and it had been incredibly helpful. So, so thank you, to, thank you to that individual. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So first thing there is stay tight with your, yeah. you know, get to know them well Ab- abs- absolutely get a relationship. so at this point we're completely locked out of the bank account the weekend's calling i go home in a manic depressive state um so that's dry january out the window then yeah i think it went on the january the first but it certainly went out the window last <laughs> Friday. um so completely stressed out with it all couldn't think of anything else all weekend it completely consumed me um and so was, that- was on the phone all weekend trying to almost get an update, yeah. find out what's going on, work out where our money was. Because the key things when you start looking into it, and the first thing I did Friday while I was still in the office on hold, was started Googling, are you supported during a bank fraud? Yeah. Is there insurance against it? Are we insured against it? Um, given it's, then you realize it's called authorized push payments, which I didn't really like the sound of, because the pin, the, basically what they got us to do at some point, to reset a user, they got us to use the pin sentry, and when they, they got our team member to use the pin sentry. Yeah. So um, that's probably what so, we shouldn't have done, obviously. So that's arguably, that's the authorization point, even if yeah. you don't technically know what it is you're authorizing. Yeah, so these authorized payment scams are typically found more, more in the format of, you're a supplier to me, I'm a business, I get an email that looks like it's from John Halliwell as a supplier and says, excuse me, can you right. update my bank details, please? Yeah. We've, we've rebanked and here's our new bank details. I pass that to finance, they update the bank details, and I start paying you your normal money. And then I get a phone call from you two months down the line, you say you've not been paying the invoices, I say I have. Um, And then we work out that's been done. So in that sense, that is an authorised payment fraud, because I'm authorising a payment to leave to your business. My argument for us was at no point did we authorise a payment. We were completely unaware we were doing anything other than the team member thought he was resetting users. Now, with hindsight, and you've got to say it, Pressing the yellow button on the HSBC machine is used to approve payments. So we 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 know that we know that was uh, we were we were at fault for that. I guess there's an but awareness you, thing there. But I didn't it. it. <laughs> you're right. Hindsight is a brilliant tool, but in terms of is there a obligation on the bank's part in that instance to kind of let people know? But they probably do. I, this, I, I don't even you know, know this would never happen. You know, yeah. in the same way, we won't ask you to say your full password, you will only ask for letters, yep. one, two, whatever yep. it might be. You know, it, you can't reset. Well, we're still looking into how they got into the system yeah. because we don't know that in it's... the sense of, because to opt, setting up a payment, all right, they need, they need you to press a button to get a code to pay it, which we know that happened. We know that happened, yeah. having been through the facts of the events. How they got into our systems to do that, we still don't know. And that's, no usernames have been divulged, no passwords have been divulged. But what has been 
what must have been at some point divulged is obviously some of your personal details. Yeah, potentially. So, well, for the, the text to come to you yeah. as primary. Yeah, but my, my phone number's probably listed in many places, I bet. In no, the it will of... be, but when it's connected, because if you think, is it then connected to a account where you're a primary signatory? Yeah. yeah. So there's only a nominal amount of places that'll happen. Yeah. And you go back, well, also then, I assume they must have known the account number, yeah, and the sort code, yeah. Well, not I mean, not, there, I mean, not even necessarily. That's the thing, not necessarily. It could have been a phishing call, but I think, I think the, the thing for me, if you start reading into it, then about the authorized payment frauds, the authorized uh, push payments scams, and so on, and you know, I would thoroughly recommend if you Google like, Google, sorry, authorized push payment scam. There's a great witch article that you'll find, which brings up loads, of, and I've read it over and over and over again. But this type of fraud cost the cost the UK 1.2 billion pounds last year. Isn't it? 1.2 billion um, in this type of fraud alone, and. The good news, as I started reading more and more and more, was there's a, a voluntary code that banks have signed up to to support. So they pay into, I think the understanding of it is they pay into a central pot. Mm-hmm. And then if, if their customers are victims of authorised push payment fraud, they have the ability to draw down on it. But it's, it's, it's voluntary participation in the code. It's not mandatory at this point, albeit most mainstream banks, and there's a list on the which article, and most mainstream banks seem, seem to be on there. And people like Monza and Revolut and people like that are starting to join it. Join it. Um, okay. And this article's slightly out of date, so it came in in, in May 2019 um, from doing the reading. Um, HSBC was one of the banks, one that was listed. So I was like, oh, great, we're covered, was my immediate thought. Yeah. Then you do a bit more reading. It's not quite as straightforward as that. Um, decisions can take three to seven weeks to, to, to be passed unless they're challenged yeah. because it, I guess if there's a doubt in the bank's mind of the authenticity of the claim or whether you purposely were, were doing something I yeah, guess yeah. that can go through to the complaints committee for financial ombudsman and so yeah, on so you're done six months down the line before out you of pocket so if, you know, if you're 30 grand out of pocket and you're a, you're a smaller business with a smaller cash flow you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're struggling at this point trying to pay yeah. salaries and so on um the other thing that's worth noting is this code only covers you from UK to UK banks. Yeah. So on Friday, when I found out about it, we very much thought these were international payments because yeah. every payment had a charge attached to it. Um, and at that point, I thought, oh my God, we've lost it. And I spent all weekend uh, wallowing in self-pity and kicking myself over that. Um, was it, mon- was we it discovered Monday? We on discovered Monday. They, was, they were backed. Yeah, so I had, a, I had a theory on Monday that if I came in work at 6 a.m. before 9 a.m., kicked in before any transactions could kind of go live if, if that makes sense because yeah. the way it works with the banks if the money's been taken from your account fraudulently obviously it goes somewhere so there's a sort code tracker where they can find out exactly which bank it's landed at yeah. world, worldwide is my understanding of the situation once they've identified that bank then you have to give permission as the customer for your bank to speak to the recipient bank and immediately they will freeze the funds on that account on the assumption the funds are still there now, given how slick this operation was, my expectation is very much that the funds will have been straight out. Well, it was so slick. They're not going to leave it sat there over the weekend, I wouldn't have thought. Mm-hmm. The only thing is with an international payment, it takes a bit longer to clear. Also, they'd have missed the international payment cut-off on the half Friday. One, half three, I guess, with HSBC. Um, so all these things now, when you look at it all, um, but the there has to be a UK to UK bank. So that was when I spoke to... I can't remember, it's the fraud team, the scam team, or the online banking team on Monday. I think I spoke to all of them at various junctures. And we found out it was UK to UK banks. So the money had gone into a Bank of Scotland or RBS bank account. Yeah. Um, 
So we knew that at that point. We still didn't know if the money was there or not, but it should have helped us with the code side, side of things as well yeah. to actually ho hopefully have a chance of recovering it. Um, so yeah, it's it's not been a great week. I guess at this stage, it's worth saying we've recovered some of the money. Yep. Um, we've not recovered all of the money um, yet. And it's also worth noting, we've been supported by the bank with the recovery of that money. So it's worth saying at this point, the bank have been supportive yeah. of us as much as they can be. Um, obviously the language they use when they're speaking to you is quite purposefully- Guarded. Guarded, and rightfully so until the facts are known about the situation. But we have recovered some of the money, not all of the money yet. And it, for me, it felt like just the equivalent of being burgled. Yeah. Uh, I've never been burgled at home. Um, but knowing it that you've been deceived, like you feel stupid. Been rifling through your... Uh... Yeah, but you feel stupid. Um, you feel naive. Um, there's been lots of tears in the building from all of us involved in this. You felt like you'd let down your shareholders. You felt like you'd let down your team. Um, how how on earth have you let that happen? And the only thing I can keep saying is it was so authentic and so well executed. You, you wouldn't have known. Um, so I guess for anybody who is listening or still listening or watching, that we, the only tip I can give you is go with your gut. Yeah. We all thought there was something wrong with it, so should have hung up, probably, and let them call back. Yeah. The bank's never going to mind that. Yeah. You know, I think it was one of the foot. Yeah. So you say, you know, they're yeah. not. If you take your time, if you. No. Put them through the ringer. Well, they have you emotionally hooked right from the outset because... They've told you they've straight told away you've lost some money. But they've told you you've lost money. There's a fraudulent transaction on your account. You need to act yeah. fast. And that's not what they said, but that's the, that's certainly what went through my yeah, head. I was like, oh my God, fraudulent transaction. That's the implication, isn't it? Yeah, you want to act fast. You don't want to be out of pocket in yeah. your business. The only thing they don't so tell you it. is it's not quite happened yet. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Greg was so helpful. Um, so... Uh, I mean, stay tuned. We'll keep we'll keep people posted. I guess in terms of where where, where, we, to, where we where we end up with this. Um, with, you know, with our experience, it's worth saying. You know, if it does happen, hmm? and Friday was horrible. <laughs> Saturday, Sunday were horrible. Monday uh, Monday was my lowest. Monday was bad up until the point we started to. <laughs> Monday was bad when you you witnessed the moment when I thought we'd been taken for one hundred and fifty-five thousand. Yeah, that was not pounds. a nice moment. Um, Worth noting, I, I wanted to raise this actually, I'm just looking at my notes here, I don't use the refer to my notes as much as this, but I wanted to make sure we covered every point of, of where I thought we could help people. We hold multiple bank accounts across multiple companies and multiple currencies. So we have a sterling, a US dollar, Singapore dollar and euro. Yeah. Um, alongside that, we have our parent company's bank accounts, we have BDB's bank accounts. All have different balances in them of varying levels for our own business strategy and how we're growing. Um, all the initial, the initial fraudulent activity that occurred on the Friday was reported to be in one of our companies yeah. and one of our bank accounts. Um, and that was everything that was locked down at that point, um, which was the only saving grace. I thought at least it's damage limitation that they can't get at anything else. And we had, we had larger funds in some of our yeah. other accounts, which would have been catastrophic, catastrophic yeah. for the business um, if, if, if that had happened. Um, the Monday, every Monday morning, I get, a, I get a text message from the bank, like you would on personal banking, to let you know what your balance is and the last few transactions. Um, and I noticed on one of our other bank accounts, which I'd been informed by the bank on the Friday was safe and there was nothing that had gone through them, it's worth noting on the call, um, that there was a payment for £6,200 that had gone out with, this, with a similar or the same reference number. Yeah. And NM something or another. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it was, a load of digits. But the fact it said NM, We'd, ours, ours don't say that ours sell can RB or something different. Um, 
and I saw it on the text and I thought, oh my God. And I was driving to work through the country lane to Dunham and had an absolute fear struck again of, were they safe over the weekend? Were the other bank accounts yeah. safe? And had I spent the weekend worried about 30,000 when actually it could have been much worse. much worse. So you witnessed the moment as I came into work and spoke to the relationship manager who went through the last kind of transactions. Um, so I guess that as well in terms of knowing knowing where that's where that's up to in the system and he went through a listing of transactions with us which was on our other accounts which all turned out to be genuine but at the time we had absolutely no idea that was the case so should we wrap up there yeah. hopefully if 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 one of the people who watch or listen to this doesn't video out, yeah doesn't get caught out by I'll, I'll be a happy man because i certainly felt very naive and very stupid as a so result I suppose, so. i'll turn the tables on you you always ask in podcasts you know what's your one kind of yeah one take-out thing to remember, yeah. what would yours be? Slow down. That's what I'd kick myself for, probably, yeah. because um, you do run at 100 miles an hour trying to keep up with everything. I would I would say go with your gut, but I don't think that might not apply for everybody. No. And it might not apply for your experience. I think it's kind of be just really slow clear down. about it, isn't it? And kind of if, even if it hasn't happened to you, even if you know you think you're okay... Yeah, but if I'd have been, if I'd have been five, minute, five minute late for our internal meeting, would it have mattered? No, but it would have prevented it happening, probably. It's like, have a strategy. In yeah. play, you know, I know we're, we're working on it at the moment. You know, what are our kind of redundant, double redundancies to make sure this never happens again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, even if it's never happened to you, just... Think about two-payment authentication on your bank yeah. accounts if it's not already in play. Think about your authorization, your payment limits. But we have, we have all this in play, apart from uh, double authentication at the moment. Um, but I would just say slow down because yeah. you do run around at 100 miles an hour every week, particularly on a Friday afternoon at four o'clock. And I think a more considered mind would, would not saying necessarily would have picked up on it because it was so good. But um, you certainly, if, I weren't rushing, if you weren't rushing yourself as much, the, the other team members were all the same. It was getting towards five o'clock on a Friday. They wanted to go for yeah. a beer probably. So yeah, so just slow down, think about the situation. And I think if it feels wrong, it probably is. Yeah. Just be dubious uh, of any calls from the bank anything, after about so. 4 o'clock on a Friday. Not at any point, but definitely at that point. So, yeah, we'll wrap it up there this week. No, no promotional marketing materials from us. Hopefully um, you find this insightful and helpful, and uh, I hope you never have... Never have a, never weekend, have a, like a weekend like we've just had. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Okay.